Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is The Kingdom is Now, Part 4, Our Greatest Need Met, recorded Sunday, February 6, 2022. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Josh with today's message. Today's encounter with a leper and a paralytic, this is one of my favorite um, stories of Jesus that really shows us how he interacts with humanity. And I love when I get to see the human side of Jesus because uh, so often we forget that he had this complete human aspect to him and we just think that he was, uh, that he was just set apart and didn't have any piece of normal human to him. But today's story, we're going to really see the human side of God becoming man in Jesus. So as we look at this, we're gonna, I'm going to have to give you some backstory, uh, which will be fun. It might be a little gross, and you'll, we'll get into it here in a minute, because right here in Mark chapter 1, verse 40, it starts with a leper coming to Jesus and being in the presence of Jesus. And you might go, what is a leper? And so uh, I got on the CDC's website. I wanted to know what leprosy was, and uh, the modern name is Hansen's disease. It's caused by a bacteria uh, that actually uh, causes the skin to, to get um, infected. It causes the skin to irritate, darkens skin color. It gets flaky, itchy. And as the disease progresses, it's a very slow-moving disease. And as it progresses, it can cause uh, numbness. Uh, it can cause open ulcers. If you could think about like how kind of yucky and gross that would be. Uh, it causes open ulcers. And then if you let it go far enough, uh, the disfigurement of like noses... Your nose, noses. People don't have more than one nose. Your, your nose or your ears or like your fingers and joints, it causes inflammation in, in the joints. And it says that like the, the burning painful sensation can just encompass a person's entire body. Now, if you're panicking, wondering what you would do if this would ever come your way, you can take a breath because the CDC also says modern-day medicine has made leprosy very treatable. And it's very simple. You go, and they, they give you some medicine, and it starts treatment right away. And in the United States, there's like less than 500 cases even reported uh, to their agency. Now, places in the world that it still does have an impact are places where there's like high poverty levels, there's not access to medicine. It still has some of these uh, impacts in these uh, low-income, impoverished, underdeveloped countries. And that's kind of where we find this story with this leper that approaches Jesus, which is why you need to know this, is because treatment of leprosy in the first century wasn't like modern-day medicine. If, if you woke up and were concerned that you had leprosy, you would go to the religious leaders of the day, they would look at your skin, and they would look at it, and they would go, yeah, I see what you're talking about. They would examine it. They go, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go isolate yourself for seven days. Come back. We'll look at it again. You'll come back in seven days. We'll look at it again. Has it spread? Does it look like it's just on the surface, or has it gotten any deeper? And the weird thing, you can read all about this in Leviticus. It's really gross and really fascinating. Leviticus 14. If you want to take a note, it talks about all infectious skin diseases and what people were supposed to do with those back then. And so they would examine it. Does this sound familiar? Isolate for seven days. Come back. We'll look at it. Isolate for seven days. Come back. We'll look at it. Like they're going through this cycle over and over again. And um, if it came to be known that they were concerned that you had an infectious skin disease, the leader would look at you and say these words, you are unclean. 
And uh, just seems like words, but for that culture, it had a huge impact. In fact, it was debilitating to the person and their family because if you were declared unclean, you were required to live outside the city. You were required to keep yourself in an unkept manner that you would be easily observed. Like it said, you're supposed to have unkept hair, wear torn clothes, you're supposed to wear a mask over your face, and anytime anyone would approach you or you would pass by anyone, it was your responsibility to declare your status to them. And you would say, unclean! And so you could imagine like, like mothers with children, like going to the other side of the road, going, uh, son, daughter, stay, we're going to go over here, we're going to leave them over there, we don't want to be anywhere near them. Or groups of people that would stop and stare at the condition that the person was in because this is, it's important that you know this because this man that approaches Jesus, this leper, think about his circumstance. I mean, at some point in his life, he woke up and maybe he had a, maybe his wife looked at his face and saw a red patch right here that looked irritated and like wondered what that would be. And as days or weeks went by, as the patch changed, they both knew that he was going to have to go talk to the, the local religious leader, to the priest, and have it examined and evaluated. And they knew what this was going to mean. It would mean that he was going to have to leave his family. The, the provider and, and caregiver uh, for the family would be removed from the home. It meant that he would have to live outside of the city. He would be removed socially, uh, emotionally, physically from people. It would mean that if he had a business, that business would fail. Any employees that he had would likely not be able to uh, work any longer for his business. His kids would grow up not knowing their father. You have to know this about the leper that was approaching Jesus. And one of the greater things that you have to know is he felt like Jesus was approachable. Even in his condition. The book of Luke says that, that he was, he was uh, f- full of leprosy. So that would mean that maybe it had been years and it was, a slow moving, it was a slow moving disease. So he had become accustomed to this lifestyle and he probably was covered with, uh, with those ulcers. He probably smelled bad because of bandages that he was trying to cover. He maybe looked deformed. He maybe was hard to look at, but he felt like Jesus was approachable. That's an important aspect of this story. And as he approached Jesus, it would have been a painful process for him because being well um, full of leprosy, even walking the inflammation of his joints, it would be painful. And he put himself at the feet of Jesus. And this is where we find him in Luke chapter 2. Excuse me, Luke chapter 1 verse 40. Now a leper came to him imploring him, him being Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him. Now, I think back at 
this moment for the leper and for Jesus. And it was a very important moment. And I think it's recorded in each one of these gospels because Jesus' encounters with humanity, he was in the business of letting people know what his kingdom would be like. It's everything that Jesus did. He said, look, I understand this is the way that the world is. This is not the kingdom that I am wanting to establish here in my Father's name. He wanted to undo all of the things that are associated with this world and to establish a new type of kingdom. And and up to this point, news of Jesus' healing had spread. Blind people were receiving sight. Demons were being cast out. People were being healed. People were being helped. This leper was like, this is my shot. And he put himself at Jesus' knees. And he goes, this is my shot to restore. Jesus, would you restore my relationships? Jesus, if you are willing, you can bring me back into community. Jesus, if you are willing, you can actually give me hope again for a future. The whole world around me, Jesus, has cast me out. They don't think I'm worth anything. They avoid me. I am am non-existent when it comes to this society. But Jesus, you have the power. You have the authority to restore all those things if you are willing. Jesus' response was a touch and a statement. I am willing. Be cleansed. And I think about this moment, and this is really what makes this account one of my favorite interactions of Jesus with humanity. You see, before Jesus heals him, he reaches out to touch him. To touch someone with leprosy would deem Jesus unclean. I could just picture in the minds of the disciples the horror of their minds as his hand, he didn't ask, as his hand was reaching out to touch this man, thinking, what are you doing? You can't do that. Or, or if Jesus, man, if it looked like this, this is one of those things that just to creatively think about maybe what Jesus did. What if, as the man was kneeling, what if Jesus came down to look him in the eye and to grab his face that was disfigured and covered with sores and he looked him in the eyes and he smiled and said, I'm willing. Be cleansed. I have two thoughts on this for you that I want you to consider. The first is this. Who in your world is cast out that you see? Who in your world have you basically, you you know that they exist in this world, but they're treated somewhat like a leper. They're ignored by our society. They're, they're put aside by our culture. Who is it that you see that, that checks the boxes of a modern-day leper? Because leprosy doesn't really exist in the United States. But we're really good 
at casting people aside. We're really good at going, there's, there's not value here. And sometimes, sometimes we do it on purpose, and sometimes people believe lies about themselves, and they cast themselves aside, and they refuse to interact with the rest of society because they think that the world around them thinks something about them. So my first thing for you to consider is this. God's kingdom is here. God's kingdom is now. And so if we are truly to be the hands and feet of Jesus, where does your hand need to reach out? As a follower of Christ, where does your hand need to reach out and touch the afflicted? Where does your hand need to reach out to touch the outcast? The one that everybody is looking past, the one that gets ignored, the one that when they come walking down the road, everybody else steps to the side to create space. Where do you need to reach past what is seen to meet the greater need? Because that's what Jesus did when he reached past the leprosy. He knew the greatest need of that leper was for that physical touch. It could have been years since he had had that type of interaction with another human. Years. So where do you need to do that? Second thing to consider. Some of you, as you sit in this room, maybe, maybe this is your first Sunday here. Maybe you've been coming for a while, but you kind of dip in, you enjoy that the lighting is low, you can enter in and nobody really sees you? Are you like the leper that you feel like your relationships are completely busted, you're completely separated from community and there's no hope for future for you? Are you in need of healing? Are, are there lies that you're listening to, like nothing is ever going to change about my life? Can you imagine how that leper felt? Probably felt like he was going to live out the rest of his days in a colony of lepers. That I, that's all he knows day in, day out, is this death, destruction, decaying situation. Are you believing the lie that nothing can change about your world? Because if you are... If when I said those words, it hit your ears, the Holy Spirit is wanting you to know something. The same Jesus that addressed the greater need in that leper wants to address the greater need in your life right now. And I do mean like right now. Because your situation is not hopeless. You have not been outcast by Jesus, you have not been outcast by the church. Maybe what you're needing right now is someone to sit down with you and introduce you to who Jesus really was and who Jesus is and to show you that Jesus wants to enter in to the mess of your life because he's not intimidated by the grotesque pieces He's not concerned with your past. He's already taken care of that on the cross. 
you may be concerned about those things, but he doesn't care what others think. Just like he didn't care what his disciples thought when he reached out to touch that leper, he doesn't care what people think. So maybe you need to, honestly, like, maybe when we start singing again, you need to exit out these doors and just find the first face you can see and go, I need to talk to someone about Jesus. Because what they were talking about in there, that, that's me. And I don't want that to be me. Or maybe you need it right now, like pretend to spill coffee on yourself, right? Like so you have to leave. Like if you need to leave right now, you know, oh man, I got a phone call. I, yeah, I got to go. Like step out the door, look someone in the eye. Say, hey, I just I got to talk to someone about this man, Jesus. Two simple things for you to contemplate. Then we move on in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And again, he, Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together. This is what happened when Jesus would get together. People are hearing that he's healing people, so whenever Jesus shows up, crowds will follow. So that there were so many people there, there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. Black Friday holds nothing on this situation. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not, when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. Come on, imagine this. They uncovered the roof where he was so that they had broken through. They let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, okay, in the first story, the exact thing that, there were two things that happened that were exact in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He reached out and touched the leper and said, I am willing, be clean. This phrase right here, when Jesus saw their faith. Not just the faith of the paralytic. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Who does this man speak, bla- who is- who does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus with themselves. He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you or to say arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose took up the bed, and went out in presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Can you imagine this situation? You know, those, those friends were like the good-spirited, good-hearted people that wanted to throw a party but didn't know how to prepare for it because they were like, okay, uh, Jesus is here. He's healing people. We know Joe. Joe can't walk. We know Jesus can do something about it. We don't know if Joe knows that Jesus can do something about it. So we're going to go and talk to Joe the paralytic. Joe, here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to put you on a map. We're going to carry you through the city. Humiliating, by the way, right? Like, uh, we'll kind of be paraded through the city. Uh, we're going to take you to the house. Jesus is going to take care of you. You finally convince Joe that this is a good idea. And when you get back to the house, it's like it's, like it's 9 o'clock at Kohl's on Black Friday. Yeah, there's like three of you that know what I'm talking about. The line that goes all the way back to, the, like, the, the customer care center, I've heard, Right? But little did they know, they knew the sidestep. They knew that they could check out at the jewelry counter and, and like buy a $10 watch and check out at the jewelry counter, bring that watch back tomorrow, bypass the whole line. So they go up to the roof and they're up there going, all right, Joe, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to let you down through this roof. And he's going, yeah, here's the deal. I did this roof with Fred. Fred hates this roof anyways. It leaks in this corner. We're going to take this off. Boom, they're doing it. They drop him down. And Joe is face to face with the one man that walks the earth that can do anything about his condition. Being a paralytic in the first century would carry some of the same burdens as being a leper. Because how would you provide for your life? You're at the mercy of other people. It would be a life of begging. It would be a life of, uh, hey, could you do this for me? Can you take me there? It would be a life of... Man, are they going to remember to come get me for this holiday, for this feast? I'm at the mercy of everybody else. And Joe is finally face-to-face with the great physician. And, and he's maybe on the way down, he saw him healing other people, and he's going, it's going to happen. Today's the day. I'm not going to have to be this way anymore. I've heard, I've heard what this guy does. And the excitement and his eyes getting bigger and bigger. And I don't know what the paralytic thought when Jesus looked him in the eyes and the words that came out of his mouth addressed his deeper need, his greatest need. He said, your sins are forgiven. I wonder how he felt on the inside when that was stated. I wonder if he was like, sins are forgiven, are you kidding me? Did you see this? Did you see my legs? Did you see they had to let me in? But we're that way sometimes, aren't we? we we're so concerned about our physical situation that we think that is the issue. I mean, what good is being debt-free? What good is getting a raise? What good is physical fitness? What good is emotional fitness if you're spiritually bankrupt? And Jesus knows this. He knows this. And he looks right past what the paralytic thought was his greatest need and said, look, I want to meet you here. We're going to address the deepest need, your sin. There's two things I want you to consider from this passage as well. The first one is this. When Jesus said, when he saw their faith, the faith of his friends played a role in the life of the paralytic. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe it was your faith that was needed for someone else when they didn't have the capacity to have faith? Have you ever had someone in your life that you're going, 
They're too far gone. There's no hope there. What Jesus is saying here is your faith, your faith plays a role in their life. So what I want to say to you is this. What I want to say to myself is this. Don't stop praying. Don't stop encouraging. Don't ever give up. The friends of that paralytic, it was their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, it's what moved him. So don't give up. The second thing that I want you to consider is what you're asking God for. You know, that paralytic, as he, as he was there just longing to walk, longing to be made whole, I was convicted of this a couple weeks ago. Um, I was going through a, a devotional reading, spending some time with Jesus, and I had this thought, I go, does my heart truly long for God? Do I spend more time wanting God's blessing than to want the one who gives the blessing? There's some real conviction there of our greatest need. We spend so much time going, can you change this circumstance? Can you move here? Can you move here? But, but what Jesus knew in the life of this paralytic was that if I can change his eternal status, looking at the world around him will be different. So if I'm able to look at the world around me differently because I know that my eternity is handled at the cross, I can handle what happens in this world much differently and I can have a lot more peace with what comes my way. And Jesus knew this. So if you've come here today like the leper or like the paralytic hoping that an encounter with Jesus would change something. I don't want you to leave disappointed. It would be sad if you left here without an encounter with Jesus changing something about your world. Like the leper at the feet of Jesus. Like the paralytic at the feet of Jesus. When we take communion, third city, we're approaching the feet of Jesus. We're remembering the cross of Jesus. We're remembering how he met our greatest need on that cross. Our greatest need was met. There's not a, a greater need that will ever need to be met than our need to restore relationship with our God, only done through the cross. That's what happens when we commune. We remember the body broken. We remember the blood shed on our behalf in Jesus meeting our greatest need. Let's pray as we approach God together. Father, you are not distracted by what we think we need. Father, you are not discouraged by the condition that we approach you in. Thank you, God, for meeting our greatest need at the cross. 
Help us to be still in this moment with you and in recognizing how much you see us, you know us, and you love us. Amen. Like I said, it would be sad if we would miss out on the Spirit moving us, telling us that today is the day. He's not afraid of where you're at in life. He's not grossed out about your circumstance. He doesn't stand in any position of judgment. He wants to restore your life and meet your greatest need. Restoration of relationships, back into community, and hope for a future. Will you step towards him? I hope so. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org, call us at 308-384-5038, or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.